Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to the Underground Christian Network. This is Theo Hickmat. All my friends call me Power Source Jason Zelda, singer, songwriter, music video maker, Christian, always Christian first. Well, today I decided to put together video number two, and video number two is going to be a connection with video number one. Video number one was how to read the Bible. This video is about which Bible. How do you tell the difference between a real Bible and a fake Bible? When you go into a Christian bookstore these days, there are so many different versions to choose from, it gets very hard and complicated trying to figure out which one is the Word of God. So what I wanted to do was to take the time out to explain to you something that many people have had questions about. They wonder why people like myself choose to stick with a Bible that's more than 400 years old. Why do we choose to stick with the good old-fashioned King James Bible? Why is it that we choose to stand by this good old-fashioned Word of God and not move on to what they call the more modern translations or you know, the more modern versions? There's a big reason, a series of major reasons why we choose to stick with the King James and not move on to these new Bible versions and not use them. And I've heard many different sermons about it. Some ministers tend to be pretty harsh and hardcore on it. And I can fully understand because I've done the research too. And when I see what's been done with these new versions and the stuff that they say, the stuff that they teach, I too get very upset. But I wanted to take time out today to put together an easy-to-understand visual message so that you can see with your own eyes the things that we who have done the research into these things have seen and experienced so you can understand why it is that we stick strongly and stand strongly for the King James Bible. The first thing we need to figure out is, is there such a thing as a fake Bible version? Is there such a thing as a fake Bible? We know in our day and age that whenever there is something of great value, there's always going to be those who come along that will seek to counterfeit it. It's that way with paintings. It's that way with jewelry. It's that way with clothing. It's that way with books. The Bible has been called the best-selling book of all times. And when people start looking at the Bible for the kind of money they can make off of it, that's where all kinds of evil and corruption comes in. And that's what's been happening in our day and age. There's been a lot of people out there, they hate the Bible, they don't like what the Bible teaches, and rather than just going on with their lives and going on about their business and just ignoring the Bible, they've decided instead to get into the Bible printing business and make money off the Bible, changing things they don't like, putting stuff into their Bible that don't belong in the Bible, and passing off their Bible version as being more reliable, easy to read, more modern, etc., etc., and it surprises me. How many Christians have fallen for this? They've turned their back on the real Word of God in order to embrace new translations which do not teach what the real Bible teaches. And I'm going to show you some of these things so you can see it with your own eyes. So let's lay down some groundwork here so you can understand where we're coming from. Is there such a thing as a fake Bible? If we can establish that there is such a thing as a fake Bible, then we have to put all of these Bibles, all these different Bible versions here that I've brought in for this research. This one here is a parallel Bible that has the New International Version, the New American Standard, the New Living Translation, and the King James is in this one here. I have an NIV here. I have a New Revised Standard right here. And this one here is, uh, let's see, this one here is the Common English Bible here. The New American Bible here, putting them up on the video for those who are watching the video so you can see what I have here, the book. Okay, all of these are books that are claiming to be the Bible. This is the Amplified Bible. Okay, this one here is the Catholic Bible. I'll put them all on the screen so you can see what, I'm, what I have here. The Revised Standard Version also calls itself a Bible. And we have here the... New King James, which you're going to discover is not a King James at all. Even though they call it a New King James, it has very little, if anything, to do with the real King James. And, of course, I have my sword, my King James Bible. So let's take a look, first of all, at this one. This is a modern translation. Let me put it up here on the screen. It's got a big white cross on the front. 
When you take the cover off, you see that it has a golden cross on the cover. You can see it. I'll, I'll zoom in on the camera in, in the edit so you can see that it has a gold cross on the front. When you open it up, it says the New Testament. I'm going to put all this on the screen for you so you can see what I'm showing you. The New Testament. Let me read it off for you so you can see what it says. The New Testament, a new translation and explanations based on the oldest manuscripts by Johannes Grieber. Now, when you look in here, it has all the books of the New Testament, from Matthew to the book of Revelation. Everything's here. All the books, all the stuff, it's all here. It looks like a legitimate Bible. So how do we determine if this Bible is real or fake? One of the ways to find out is look into its background. How was this Bible put together? i got to at least give Johannes Grieber, this is his picture, by the way, so you can see what the man looks like. I'm going to put that on uh, the edit as well so you can get a zoom-up picture. This is Johannes Grieber, and he at least had the courage to tell you how he put together his Bible. Are you ready? We're trying to determine the groundwork. Is there such a thing as a fake Bible version? This is how he put together his Bible. Here's what he says here in the introduction of his book. Notice I've got it highlighted in yellow, and again, I'm going to put this on the edit so you'll be able to see it because the camera's not able to fully zoom in to where I'm sitting. I'm going to put it up there so you can see it. This is what he writes. I myself was a Catholic priest, and until I was 48 years old, had never so much as believed in the possibility of communicating with the world of God's spirits. The day came, however, when I involuntarily took my first step towards such communication and experienced things that shook me to the depths of my soul. After I had taken the first step, I could not stop. I must go forward. I must have enlightenment. When you skip down a couple of paragraphs, he says this. My experiences are related in a book that has appeared in both German and English and bears the title, Communication with the Spirit World, Its Laws and Its Purpose. Then they have the German uh, title here. Many of the readers of this book who have sought to communicate with God's spirit world have had experiences similar to my own and found the same truths that I found. When you skip down a couple more parag uh, paragraphs, this is what he says again. In rare instances in which such, uh, such texts pronounced correct by the divine spirits can be found in none other manuscripts available today, I have used the text as it was given to me by those spirits. Let me read that again. In the rare instances in which a text pronounced correct by the divine spirits can be found in none of the manuscripts available today, I have used the text as it was given to me by those spirits. What is he saying? How did he put together this Bible? This flyer came with the Griever Bible. Let me read it for you. You might find this interesting. The task was not simple. Many contradictions between what appears in the ancient scrolls in the New Testament, as we have grown to know it, arose and were subject to constant prayer and guidance. For prayers that were answered and for discrepancies clar clarified him by God's spirit world. At times he was given the correct answers in large illuminated letters and words passing before his eyes. Other times he was given the correct answers during prayer meetings. His wife, a medium of God's spirit world, was often instrumental in conveying the correct answers from God's messengers to Pastor Grieber. What is this that's claiming to be the word of God? I want you to notice it said a new translation and explanations from the earliest manuscripts. He's leading you to believe that this so-called Bible is translated from the earliest manuscripts. But he gives himself away in the introduction that we just read when you see that he says he's communicating with God's spirit world and those spirits are translating it for him. I had the book, Communication with the Spirit World, loaned it out and never got it back. But I'm going to tell you what it was about. It's Johannes Grieber's own story. He said he was invited to what was called a prayer meeting, but when he got there, he found out it was a seance. he never been to a seance before and was curious about what would happen. As usual, at a seance, a spirit manifested, 
possessed the person that was there, and they began to speak and convey information and knowledge that blew Grieber's mind. And he decided over time that he would leave the Catholic Church and become one with these spirits, that he would join the occult and allow these spirits to use him and speak through him the way they were speaking through the people there at the seance. And over time, he came to the belief that he could write a better Bible if he only had those spirits translated for him. That's what this is. A satanically translated Bible version. What did these demons say about Jesus Christ? As we're trying to determine, is there such a thing as a fake Bible? John chapter 1 verse 1 in Grieber's satanic Bible version says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now, for some of you with a Jehovah's Witness background, that translation of John 1.1 is very familiar to you, because that is the exact same way that the Jehovah's Witness Bible reads. The Word was a God. Could it be, as we're trying to determine, is there such a thing as a fake Bible? We've already determined Grieber's Bible is fake, because it's not translated from the earliest manuscripts. It's translated with the assistance of spirits through communicating with spirits, and it admits that his wife, who was a spirit medium, was interpreting these things to him from the spirit world. This is not how Bibles are translated, folks, but that's how he put together his. Now, who would take that Bible seriously? Would you as a Christian take that Bible seriously as being the Word of God when it calls Jesus a God rather than being God? When he admits that he's translating this using spirits and channeling? That's not a real Bible. That's a fake Bible. But there is a religion that took this Bible seriously and made their own version based on Grieber's Bible version. And that's the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. This is one of their books, The Word, Who Was He According to John, written by the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. See here? I've got it all on the screen for those of you who are watching the video. You see I'm not lying. This is a Watchtower Bible and Tract Society publication. Dated 1962, the word who was he according to John. The Jehovah Witness Bible reads almost exactly like Grieber's. Grieber's Bible came out in 1937. The Jehovah Witness Bible came out in, what, the late 50s, early 1960s, in that area there. So Grieber's Bible came out first. Did the Jehovah's Witnesses use his Bible to write theirs? In this book, the word who was he according to John, this is what they say on page 5. Let me start on page 4, bottom paragraph. The most controversial of all the following readings of John 1, 1, and 2. In, uh, the Word was in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. The Word was in the beginning with God. This reading is found in the New Testament, an improved version, published in London, England, 1808. Similar in a reading by former Catholic priests. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now, where it says similar is the reading from a former Catholic priest. They have a little footnote marker there for you to read down the bottom. And I'm going to put this on the screen so you can see it. You can probably see it on the camera. It's highlighted in yellow down here. I'm going to read what it says. The New Testament, a new translation and explanation based on the oldest manuscripts by Johannes Grieber. A translation from German into English, edition 1937. The front cover of this bound translation being stamped with a golden cross. I've already shown you, Grieber's Bible has a golden cross on the front. Jehovah's Witnesses use Grieber's Satanic Bible to make theirs. That's why whenever you ask them who wrote their Bible, they won't tell you. Their leaders don't even want their followers to know how they got put their Bible together. But you would not trust Grieber's Bible, because you know where it came from. You wouldn't trust a Jehovah's Witness Bible. Why? Because, number one, they use Grieber's Bible to write theirs. So you don't trust Grieber, so you wouldn't trust that. In the Jehovah's Witness Bible... There's no cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross in their Bible. There's no hell. They took hell out of their Bible. They took the Trinity out of their Bible. They took the deity of Christ out of their Bible. They took a lot of verses out of their Bible. And we're going to show some of those, because some of the same verses that are taken out of these new versions are also taken out of the Jehovah's Witness Bible. But they're all translated from the same manuscripts, the same corrupted manuscripts the new Bibles come from. 
the Jehovah's Witness Bible is translated from the same thing. But the King James Bible stands alone as being the Bible that is translated from a completely different set of manuscripts. The main things we need to understand. Not all the Bibles are the same. You have the King James Bible, which is translated from the Jewish Mesoretic text for the Old Testament, the Jewish Textus Receptus for the New Testament, but you have the New Bible versions, which are translated from a completely different set of manuscripts. They use the Roman Catholic manuscripts. They use what's called the West Scott and Hort manuscripts. West Scott and Hort were men who lived in the 1800s, involved in the occult, witchcraft, communication with the dead. These men hated the Bible, but they were Greek scholars, and they wrote their own version of the New Testament in Greek. And all the new versions, from the Jehovah's Witness version to the NIV, the Amplified, Good News for Modern Man, the Revised Standard, American Standard, they're all written from Westcott and Hort's New Testament. Every single one of them. The King James Bible stands alone as not being translated from their occultic manuscript. And because these new Bibles come from Westcott and Hort's occult manuscript, wherever they didn't like stuff, they just left it out. So the new Bible versions will contain missing verses, verses that have been completely removed. And you won't notice they're removed because they use a different style and format when writing their Bible version. For those of you who watched my message on how to read the Bible, I explained how the King James Bible is written in a very user-friendly manner, where if you want to find a verse, you put your, ver your finger on the page and you go straight down because all the verses are right here on the side. When you get to the bottom of this area here, you go to the top here and just go straight down the page because all the verses are located in a very uniform, orderly manner. When you look in the new Bible versions and Bibles printed by these new, uh, by these companies that make the new Bible versions, you will find that the verse numbers are scrambled. Some are on the side, some are in the middle of verses, some are over on this side. Some, uh, they're all scrambled up. And when you're trying to find verses, rather than going straight down the page to find a verse, which is very quick and easy, like the King James, you're going across the page, across the page, trying to find where the verses are. You will find in these new Bible versions, they have taken out a lot of verses. So here's what I want you to do. As we're trying to figure out if you have a fake Bible version, take a look and see if your Bible contains these verses. For those of you who are watching the video, I'll put the verses right on the screen for you so you can pause it and look it up. Look for it and see what you find. I'm going to cover a couple of these just so those who are listening to it on audio will understand where I'm coming from. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Let's go there. Matthew 17, 21. We have here in Matthew 17, 21, starting at verse 19, this is what it says in the King James Bible. Then came the disciple to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence and yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Here's the verse, verse 21. How be it, this kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. What you will find in the New Bible versions is one of three things. Either the entire verse is missing. This here is the New International Version. New International Version right here, you will find New International Version. Look up Matthew 17:21 in your New International Version. I'll put it on the screen for you so you can see it. And you will discover that Matthew chapter 17 will go verse 19, verse 20, verse 22. Verse 21, gone. Or you'll find part 2. Because somewhere along the line, some of the people who were involved in these new versions got wind that we were pointing out that they were taking verses out. So you'll find that they'll put in the verse number. It might say 20-21 or 20 with a 21 in the bracket. But the verse is still not there. Howbeit, this kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. You might find the number is there, but the verse is still not there. That is what you call a lie. If you put the verse number there, you're implying the verse is there. But if they're putting the verse number there and there's still no verse, they've lied to you by telling you the verse is there when it's not. 
The third thing they will do is they'll put half the verse in. They'll put in, this kind come forth but by prayer, or some version of that, but they'll leave the fasting off. What does that do? That leaves the Christian unequipped to deal with somebody who was possessed because Jesus said, this particular kind of spirit come forth by prayer and fasting. And for the new Bible to take out the fasting part, you're only going in half. And it's not going to work because prayer alone is not going to cause this kind of spirit to come out. That's why Jesus said it needs prayer and fasting. So if you have a Bible version where verse 21 is missing or they cut part of it off, remember Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word. You're not going to be cutting Jesus' words off. If he said prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting should be in the book. Let's go to the next page, Matthew 18.11. Let's see if that one's in your new Bible. Jesus explains why he came to the earth, Matthew 18.11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. If you have a Bible version where that verse is gone, you have a fake Bible. There is no reason in the world for them to take that verse out. None. There's no archaic words in here. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. No archaic words, no these, no thous, no yees, no thines. Why take it out? The reason they took it out is because they're translating Westcott and Hort's occult manuscript. And they didn't put it in theirs, so they didn't put it in the New Bibles. Okay. There's a lot more in uh, Mark chapter 9. You'll find verse 44 and verse 46 missing. And some will say, well, how are they able to get away with taking out so many verses and nobody noticing? The way they're able to do it is the format that they use in these new Bible versions. You will find in these new Bible versions, I want to put some of this up on the screen, where the King James Bible is full. Every line is filled with, with words. You'll find in the new Bible versions, this here is Acts, 9, uh, uh, Acts chapter 8. Verse 32 to 33. I'm going to put this on the screen, and I'm going to blow it up and zoom on it so you'll be able to see it. You're going to see the kind of format that they're using in these new Bibles. This is the NIV, Acts chapter 8, verse 32 to 33. You will see on one line where it says Scripture, in this particular Bible, page 817, Scripture is the only word on the line. There's no reason for that word to be sitting there by itself, but there it is. Then they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eight, eight words on this line, but the next line only has one word on it. Slaughter. Then there's another full line, and then the next word line has only one word on it. There's no need for them to be writing it like this. They got a full line here, then the next word on next line only has one word on it again. Then you have a couple of full lines, and then again one word on the last line. They could have closed up the whole thing by putting it all in order. But they scratch it out. Why are they scratching out the verses like that? You'll find this throughout the New Testament of these new Bibles. Why do they do this? Well, they have a, a full line, and then one line might only have two words on it. One line might, not, line might only have three words on it. One line may only have one word on it. Why are they scratching it out like that? The reason why they're doing that is when you compare the King James Bible to the New International Version, for instance, the New International Version has removed somewhere in the vicinity of 64,000 words from the Bible. I bet many of you have no idea about that. You compare the King James, and I'm not just talking about the these and the thous and the yeast. When we get near the end of this, I'm going to put on the screen words that these new Bibles have taken out. And they don't completely take them out because it took all of them out. It would be too obvious. But in many key areas, you'll notice these new Bibles will take out words like Jesus Christ, the blood, uh, repentance, Jehovah, Lucifer has been taken out. There's a lot of stuff that's taken out that are doctrine, Christian doctrine, that are taken out of these Bibles. And in order to make up for the fact that they've taken so much out, they've changed the format by which they write these. Well, they'll put one word on the line, maybe two words on the line, and they'll scratch these verses way out so that the Bible ends up looking thick, like there's a lot in there. When in actuality, if they wrote it in the same format as this King James, it would probably be about as thin as this one right here. 
But because they scratch out the verses, putting one word on one line, two words on the other line, they make the books look thick. It's deceptive, and, and I don't appreciate that. I'm explaining to you why it is that we choose to stick with the King James Bible. We've already established there is such a thing as a fake Bible. We're seeing now these new Bibles have verses missing. They've taken verses out of the Bible. The Bible warns you're not supposed to take things away from the Bible. You're not supposed to add to it. You're not supposed to take away from it. We all know that. I'm going to read for you a list. And you can pause the audio and see if your Bible has these verses in there. Here we go. Matthew 17:21, Matthew 18:11, Matthew 23:14, Mark 7:16, Mark 9:44, Mark 9:46, Mark 11:26, Mark 15:28, Luke 17:36, Luke 23:17, John 5:4, Acts 8:37, Acts 24:7, Acts 28:29. Romans 16.24. We'll stop right there. If you look in your Bible version and all these verses are gone, you've got a fake Bible version. If you look in your Bible version and one of them is gone, you've got a fake Bible version. Because you don't have the whole Word of God. They've taken stuff out. And how can you trust them? When they'll come to you and say, hey, this is a new, modern translation of the Bible. Easy to read, modern language. This is what you need, they'll tell you. It's written in this language you can understand. It's, it's easy to read. It's, it's, but they don't tell you. They took out doctrine. They took out verses. They changed the meanings of things. Let me show you something that's going to blow your mind. As I'm explaining why it is that we who are Christians must stick with the King James Bible and not move on to these new Bible versions. If this isn't enough, all these missing verses that they took out and never told you about. Let me ask you a basic question. Who killed Goliath? Who killed Goliath, according to the Bible? It's common knowledge that David killed Goliath. Right? Not if you have a new Bible. Not if you have one of the new Bible versions. I want to show you something. Just grab your new Bible version and brace yourself. Take a look at 2 Samuel 21.19. 2 Samuel 21.19. The King James Bible clearly says, Elhanan, son of Joer, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath. Because David killed Goliath. Elhanan killed Goliath's brother. But if you have the Revised Version, the New International Version, the New American Standard Version, the New American Bible, the New Revised Standard Version, or the Amplified Version, all of those say Elhanan killed Goliath. Just look it up. 2 Samuel 21.19 they all say Elhanan killed Goliath. So it makes a contradiction because earlier it will say David killed Goliath. And then you have this passage here saying Elhanan killed Goliath. It wasn't a double team effort here. The real Bible, King James Bible, gets it right. David killed Goliath. Elhanan killed Goliath's brother. But here we go again. Revised Version, New National Version, New American Standard, New American Bible, New Revised Standard, and the Amplified all say Elhanan killed Goliath. How can you have a Bible that is that far from the truth and still call it the Word of God? This is part of the reasons why we choose to stick with the King James Bible. The King James Bible does not leave the door open for false interpretations on Scripture. It doesn't leave the door open for contradictions. How about this? Who was kicked out of heaven? When you read the King James Bible for Isaiah 14, verse 12, clearly it says, Lucifer was cast out. And this is the only passage in the entire Bible where the name Lucifer appears. That is, only if you have a King James Bible. 
If you have a new Bible version, we've got a whole different story altogether. Because in the new Bible versions, they say morning star was cast out of heaven. Or day star. Well, when you trace morning star through the Bible, it's very interesting what you come up against. Because in the book of Revelation, you find that Jesus says that he is the bright and morning star. So it's very interesting that these new Bibles would take Lucifer out and put morning star in his place. This one here is the Amplified Version. And it's very interesting what it says here in this Amplified Version. Because in the occult, they would teach that Jesus was the one who was actually cast out and that Lucifer actually is a good guy. I want you to see what this Amplified Bible says in Isaiah 14 in its footnote. I'm going to read you the Isaiah 14:12 passage first and see, let you see what it says. And then I'm going to read the footnote and get ready to get angry. If you're truly a Christian and you love Jesus Christ, get ready to be angry when you see what they have put in here concerning our God Jesus. This is what they have for Isaiah 14:12. How you have fallen from heaven, O light bringer, and day star, son of the morning. How you have been cut down to the ground, you who weakened and laid low the nations. O blasphemous, satanic king of Babylon. Now, they added so much stuff in this verse, it's not even in the Bible. <laughs> they just throwed so much in there, but they took out the name Lucifer. I want you to notice they said here, O light bringer and day star. They got two people being cast out. They got two people being cast out in this one here. The light bringer and day star cast out. Now, you go down here to the footnote. Brace yourself, folks. This is what they say in the footnote. The Hebrew for this expression, light bringer, or shining one, is translated Lucifer in the Latin Vulgate and is thus translated in the King James Version. But because of the association of that name with Satan, it is not now used in, in this or other translations. Let me read that again so you can catch on to what they said here. Because of the association of that name with Satan, it is not now used in this and other translations. Some students feel that the application of the name Lucifer to Satan, in spite of the long and confident teaching to that effect, is erroneous. The application of the name to Satan has existed since the 3rd century A.D. and is based on the supposition that Luke 10.18 is an explanation of Isaiah 14.12 which many authorities believe is not true. Lucifer, the light bringer, in the Latin, is the Latin equivalent of the Greek word phosphorus, which is used as a title of Christ in 2 Peter 1.9. Let me, let me read that little part again so you can catch on to what they're telling you. The application of the name Satan has existed since the 3rd century A.D. and is based on the supposition that Luke 18 is an explanation of Isaiah 14.12, which many authorities believe is not true. Lucifer, the light bringer, is the Latin equivalent of the Greek word phosphorus, which is used as a title of Christ in 2 Peter. So they're saying here Lucifer and Christ are the same person. That's what the occult teaches. Then they try to water it down a little bit as you read further down, but it's clearly what they've said here. It frustrates me. Why would they put that in here? That Lucifer is the Greek equivalent of Christ? That's not Bible. That's not the Word of God. That is not Christianity. And this is not a Bible. This Amplified is not the Word of God. No true Christian would do this in any way, shape, manner, or form. This passage here in Isaiah 14, uh, 4, 13 clearly applies to the king of Babylon. So they're saying this whole verse has nothing to do with Lucifer. have to deal with the king of Babylon. It, it's frustrating. Why, why even bother with this? It, this is nonsense. So the new Bible versions have verses missing. The new Bible versions have contradictions. They're saying Elhanan killed Goliath. They say David killed Goliath. Well, how many times did Goliath be killed? 
King James Bible doesn't leave the door open for a false interpretation like that. Then you have here the New Bible version saying it's Morning Star who was kicked out of heaven. Day Star was kicked out of heaven. You got the Amplified version saying that Lucifer and Christ are equivalent. These are reasons why we don't use these new Bible versions. This is just tip of the iceberg stuff. I don't have a lot of time now to get into the occult connection between the new Bible versions and the occult. They came out with this thing here, the new King James. And they want me to believe that this is just a modern version of the King James Bible, but it's not. They gave themselves away when they came out with the new King James because they put a symbol on the front. And for those of you who are watching the video, you'll be seeing me showing this symbol. I'm showing you occult book after occult book after witchcraft book after witchcraft book that has this symbol on it. And here is the symbol they put on the new King James. The very same occult symbol. It's called the Triketra. There are some people who say, oh, that symbol means the Trinity. The Bible says you, God is not to be... You can't draw God. The Bible speaks strongly against doing that. There is no symbol that's going to represent God. He's not part of man's device. He's not something you're going to put on a piece of paper and draw. The Bible tells you not to do that. And that symbol does not mean the Trinity. It doesn't matter who tells you it does. That symbol doesn't mean the Trinity. That symbol is the symbol of 666. It's three sixes that are intertwined together. And they put that right on the so-called New King James Bible. And when you look into the New King James Bible, it will contradict the real King James over and over and over and over again. And if you want more information about this, there's an audio message free of charging. Just click on it, listen to it, theundergroundchristiannetwork.com, theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. You can go there. It's called The Bible Version Controversy Explained. I sit back and I explain better than I'm doing now with this video because I had more time to really get into it, but at the same time, I kept it real simple. You'll hear actual audio from men who, ministers, pastors, who went to seminary, and they were never told that the King James Bible is translated from a completely different set of manuscripts than the New Bibles. They were only told to believe in the Westcott and Horton manuscript, and they were never told Westcott and Horton was involved in the occult and witchcraft and all this other stuff, all that was kept hidden from them. And they come out of these seminaries believing that these new Bibles are superior to the King James. And they come out attacking the King James and attacking anybody that believes in the King James. And many of them will not even take the time to do the research and look into these things. There is one man who did take the time. His name is Dr. Frank Logston. Dr. Frank Logston is the man who put together the New American Standard Version. He's the one responsible for him and a man named Dewey Lockman. These two men worked together. They put together the New American Standard Version. And you can hear his message, Dr. Frank Lawson, his own mouth on the Underground Christian Network is called Rejecting the New American Standard. When they came up with the New American Standard version, Mr. Lockman believed that this was the superior translation. It was his baby. Until people began to point out to him, there's verses missing in this New American Standard. Why does this New American Standard say it was the morning star that was kicked out of heaven instead of Lucifer? Why is this changed and that changed? How come the Trinity has been taken out of 1 John 5, 7? What's going on with this new version? And he says in his own sermon, you can listen to it for yourself, that he believes he's in trouble with God because of what he's done. Because the New American Standard is corrupt. It's corrupt from top to bottom. It is filled with error and contradiction, missing verses, occult doctrine. It's all in there. And he had no idea that the translators were doing this. And when he was told about it, at first he defended it until he looked into it and he found the people who were pointing these things out were exactly right. And when you hear the message, you'll hear it from his own mouth. He tells you, please, go back to the King James Bible. Do not use a New American Standard. This is the man who put it together, begging you to go back to the King James Bible. It's important you understand these things. There's a lot more that I could go into. There's a lot I got written down here. But I don't want to drag this thing on too long. There's a lot here. Hopefully I've been able to open up your eyes to some of these things. And you know, go to the Underground Christian Network. Take a look at, uh, listen to these sermons that are there. 
and learn from them. You know, there's no reason for me to lie to you. I'm not trying to recruit you into nothing. I'm just trying to point these things out to you. There is a reason why we choose to stick with this King James Bible. This King James Bible is the Word of God in the English language. You don't have to go any further to anywhere to find the Word of God. You have it right here. There are some who say, well, the King James Bible is too hard to understand. Those of you who listen to my message on how to read the Bible, you saw me read from this one right here, my over 300-year-old King James Bible, right here. You saw me read from it without any problem whatsoever. This King James Bible is not hard to read from. You say, well, what about the these and the thous and the yees? Let me explain that really quickly. It's really, really easy to understand. We live in an information society today. We have the Internet. We have libraries. We have books. We have computers. We have all this stuff where if you really want to find out what something means, you can find out. And thee and thou and ye are not hard. These words are in here for a reason, and it's not here because the Bible is old. It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with accuracy from the manuscripts. The original languages of the Bible was Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. In those languages, they had words that went far deeper than our normal English language. But they say, well, we don't speak words like ye and thou and thee. Actually, we do. And I'll explain what I mean. By them taking out the ye's and the thou's and the these, they ruin the meanings of what these verses are talking about. For instance, Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, comes to Jesus privately. Jesus begins to explain to him some spiritual things. And he says, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand. And Jesus said, marvel not that I tell thee that ye must be born again. Now, what does that mean? Marvel not that I tell thee. Thee is, I'm speaking to you one-on-one. I'm talking about you, to you, about you. That's thee. Marvel not that I tell thee, I'm talking to you, that ye, all of you, must be born again. Do you understand now the power of the ye? Marvel not that I tell thee, that's one-on-one, me talking to you, that ye, all of you, must be born again. The new Bible versions removes the ye and the thee and replaces it with you. Now look at how the meaning of what Jesus says gets changed. They have Jesus saying, Marvel not that I tell you that you must be born again. Is that what Jesus was saying? That only Nicodemus needed to be born again? Or was he saying all mankind must be born again? You see, that's the power of the ye. And some say, well, we don't talk like that. Well, we do talk like that. If you're from the South, you might not say ye, but you'll say y'all. It's the same thing. It's the plural form of you. If you're from the Northeast or so, you might say yous. Yous guys. It's the plural form of you. In the Bible, the plural form of you is ye. And when you take out the ye and replace it with you, you destroy the meaning of what's being said. These words are important. And it's not hard to understand these words. If thee, thou, and ye trips you up, we have the internet, we have dictionaries, we have books. It'll take you, what, two, three minutes, you learn what the word ye or thou or thee means, and you're ready to go. There's no need to turn your back on this King James Bible, mainly when you see what these new Bibles have done, how they've taken stuff out, put stuff in. Like I say, I'm cutting this message a bit shorter than I wanted it to be because we're already over around 40 minutes or something. I don't want it to drag on too long. But I'm hoping the things I've pointed out to you, that you'll see these missing verses and realize, whoa, this can't be the Word of God having all this stuff missing. That you'll see the contradiction where they have Elhanan killing Goliath when the Bible says David killed Goliath. How can you trust the Bible to have that blatant that blatant of a contradiction in it. There's so much stuff, man. And I'm just trying to keep it basic, keep it simple. And before I close out, let me just end it off with the basics. Why is all this important? Why should you care about the Bible versions? How did we learn about Jesus Christ? Bible. How did we learn that we were sinners that needed to be saved? Bible. 
How do we learn there's a heaven to reach for and a hell to run from? The Bible. How do we learn how to be in favor with God? The Bible. So what happens when people start taking it upon themselves to change what is written? So that it no longer says what it's supposed to say. So that Jesus is no longer viewed as God, the Savior, but he's now a God, one of many. Or he's reduced down to being less than who the Bible says he really is. What do we do? Do we sit back as Christians and say it doesn't matter? This is our book. This is given to us by God. We're supposed to defend this book, stand up for this book, believe in this book. And when the enemies come in and want to change this book, we have to have a solid rock to stand on. And this Bible tells us that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if this King James Bible was the Word of God 400 years ago, it's still the Word of God today. It hasn't changed. And as I say, for those of you who listen to my message on how to read the Bible, I read the Gospel right from this 300-year-old Bible, and then I turned around and read it right out of my King James Bible today, and it's word for word the same. God's Word doesn't change. You take these new Bible versions, you put one with the other, and they don't even say the same thing. Yet they all are claiming to be God's Word. Only one can be. You can't have one saying, Jesus Christ is God, and you have another one saying, Jesus is a God. You can't have one saying, David killed Goliath, and Elhanan killed the brother of Goliath, and then you have another one saying, David and Elhanan killed Goliath. It's contradiction. You can't have that. In closing, for those of you who are watching the video, you guys are going to get a bit of a benefit over those who are listening to it in audio. I want to put on the screen just some of the things that uh, they've taken out. I might even play some of the audio from my message on the Bible versions where I go into the words that the new Bibles have taken out and how many times they've removed these words. I'm not talking about words like thee and thou and ye and though. I'm talking about words like the blood, Christ, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, God. For instance, we all know the verse, I can do all things through who? Through Christ that strengthens me. Look at what the New Bible says with that verse. I can do all things through Him that gives me strength. Him who? Him who? I can do all things through Him. No. The King James Bible does not leave the door open for you to put anybody in that Him position. It says Christ is the one. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, He gave His... Only begotten Son. You will find the New Bible versions will say he gave his only Son. That's a contradiction because in Genesis chapter 6 it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. The Bible teaches that we who are Christians are adopted through Jesus Christ and we become the sons of God. So Jesus can't be the only son. He's the only begotten son. If you're going to embrace a version that says Jesus is the only son, you've just sacrificed your salvation. Because you can't be a son if Jesus is the only son. If God has no other sons but Jesus, you can't be. Therefore, the new Bibles are wrong. Because this King James Bible gets it right. Jesus is the only begotten son. And we become sons through Christ. That's how it works. The New Bible even goes as far to call Jesus the one and only Son. But folks, hopefully you're seeing what I'm talking about. These are key verses. John 3.16. They changed John 3.16. The Lord's Prayer. Look at the Lord's Prayer, how it's written in the book of Luke in these New Bible, in New Bible versions. Take a look at how it's written in the New Bibles and compare it with the King James Bible. And ask yourself, why is it in the New Bible versions they have the occultic version of the Lord's, of the Lord's Prayer, where all the heavenly references are removed, thy kingdom come is removed, thy will be done is removed. Why did they change the Lord's Prayer? Why did they take 
things out of the Lord's Prayer, removing the heavenly references and things to make it read the exact same way the occult version of the Lord's Prayer reads when the King James Bible reads the way it's supposed to read with everything in it our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done look at how the new Bible reads it's not our Father it's just Father who art in heaven is gone look at all the other stuff that's been taken out is that really the Lord's Prayer is that the prayer Jesus told his people to pray not the way it's written in the new Bibles why would you follow those why would you believe those? Why would you put your trust in a new Bible version that does this kind of damage? How can you grow strong in the Lord in a Bible version that has verses missing? And the strange part about it, these people behind these new Bibles, they will attack the King James Bible all day long. But the only way you're going to find out what those missing verses are is you need a King James Bible. Because it'll tell you what the missing verses are. Because all the verses are in here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. This has every word. The New International Version has 64,000 words taken out. And I'm going to go down a list of how many words and things are taken out and added to the other versions. And it's going to blow your mind. So hopefully I've been able to help you out here. And you know, if you've benefited any from any of this, you know, I, I'm i hoping you do. Just keep me in prayer. Love to hear from you if, if you want to contact me or anything. Uh, hopefully this has been a help for you. For those of you watching the video, I'll be putting on the screen some of the stuff that's been taken out or playing the audio, and uh, that's about it. So before I go, though, let me give you guys the, the basics of what it's all about. What is this King James Bible about? Why am I standing so strongly for it? Why do we stick by this book? Many people died to give us this book. Nobody died to give you an IV, Revised Standard, Amplified, Good News from Out of Man, the book. Nobody died to give you those. A lot of people perished to get you the King James Bible. There's a lot of religions out there that fought against the King James Bible. They don't want to hear it. They want nothing to do with it. They've tried to rewrite it. You stick with this book. Don't let nobody tell you this book is too hard to read and not able to understand. I was talking to a 13-year-old girl at a yard sale a few days ago. She was so excited. She thought she led somebody to the Lord. She's really excited. She said, I even gave them a Bible, so that's really good. I said, you know how to tell the difference between a real Bible and a fake one? I love her answer. She says, um, the real Bible has the words of Jesus in red, right? <laughs> from the mouth of kids. From the mouth of babes. Yeah, the real Bible does sometimes have the words of Jesus Christ in red. But I took her over to her table and I showed her those King James Bibles sitting there, those NIVs they have there, and I began to show her that the new Bibles have verses missing. And I said, how can you trust the Bible version that has verses missing? And what she said to me next broke my heart. She says, I was told that the King James Bible is the worst version to use. This is a 13-year-old girl. And someone had come to her and told her the King James Bible is the worst version to use and put one of the fake Bibles in her hand. I'm here to let you know that the King James Bible is the only Bible to use. You want the whole story of what the Gospel is about? You want, to, want the whole story about who Jesus is and who we are as human beings and what God's plan is for us? It's in this King James Bible. And God tells us we're all sinners. We're all destined for hell unless we understand that God doesn't want us to have to go to hell. He gave us this book to inform us that there's a way to not have to go. Jesus Christ was sent to this earth. God manifests in the flesh. You'll find the New Bible versions, by the way, that verse uh, that talks about God manifests in the flesh. They've changed that verse. It doesn't say God's manifest in the flesh anymore in the New Bible versions. It says He appeared in the body. Again, removing God, replacing it with He. Generic He. Who's the he? Doesn't say. He just says, he appeared in the body. My King James Bible does not leave the door open for a private interpretation like that. It says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 
God was manifest in the flesh. Why did he come here? Because we're sinners. We sinned against him. He didn't want to have to destroy us. But because of our sins, we're destined for destruction. We're destined for his wrath. He doesn't want to have to destroy us. So he came here as Jesus Christ. He taught us how to live. He taught us how to get along. He taught us how to be at peace with him. And then he allowed himself to be put to death in a human body publicly. And then to raise from the dead after being buried in the cave, soldiers put in front of the cave to make sure nobody stole the body, Jesus, three days later, comes walking out of that tomb. The soldiers went running for cover. They were scared. Jesus told them, I'm coming back. Destroy this temple of my body. I'm going to raise it up in three days. And that's what he did. They crucified him on a cross, buried him in the cave. Three days later, just like he said, he came walking right out of that cave. And he was seen, the Bible says, by more than 500 people at one time. And some of them wrote about it, and that's how come we know. Why did he do it? He tells us to come to him. Ask him to forgive us. Ask him to forgive us of our sins. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong. We know we have. We can't sit here and cover it up. God already knows. He wants to forgive you. That's why he gave us the book. The enemy's given us these other books that changes what his story is. He gave us the book. He preserved the book from generation to generation, just like he promised to do. He promised to preserve his word. He has preserved his word. And it's right here in our language. It's called the King James Bible. You can have forgiveness of sins. Come to Jesus Christ. Pray. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. He promised to forgive you. These new Bible verses will leave you with no hope. No hope. Because they lie on God. They misrepresent God. They misrepresent His his beings, His action. They misrepresent everything when you get down to it. They're not the Word of God, even though they claim to be Bibles. Come to Jesus, ask Him to forgive you your sins. Get yourself an authorized King James Bible. Don't bother with a so-called New King James. That's not a Bible. It's not a real Bible. Get the authorized King James Bible and start reading it. Start in the New Testament. And just start reading. If you don't know how to read the Bible, I got a video and audio free of charge. You can listen to it. Under theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. Theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. You can just click on the message, how to read the Bible, and I'll explain to you how to read the Bible. You can pick it up, read it, and learn what God's wanting to do with your life. So that's it, folks. We've uh, done almost an hour, and I want to keep it at about an hour. Hopefully I've been able to help you out. Until next we meet, I'm out of here. We're going to take a look at the New Testament since the New Testament is where the main battle is right now. Let's compare the King James Bible's words with the words from other versions to see how they match up. When compared to the King James Bible, the NIV removes 5,219 words and 16 entire verses. The New King James, which they claim comes from the same manuscript as the Old King James, strangely omits 2,289 words. The New American Standard adds 3,561 words. The New Revised Standard omits 3,819 words and deletes 18 verses. The New American Standard deletes 17 verses. The Revised Standard omits 6,985 words and omits 25 verses. The New Century Version adds 11,114 words and deletes 16 verses. And the Living Bible, so-called, adds 17,003 words to the Bible and omits 7 verses. What words are they adding and taking away? Well, let's run down a quick list of important words of doctrine that have been taken away. And I'm going to try to keep it brief because I want to keep this message short enough to fit on a CD. So i got about uh, eight minutes. Let me see if I can squeeze all this in. The word Christ has been removed 25 times from the NIV, 34 times from the New American Standard, one time from the New King James, 32 times from the Revised Standard, 87 times from the New Revised Standard. 
The word Lord has been deleted 352 times from the NIV, 438 times from the New American Standard, 66 times from the New King James, 36 times from the Revised Standard, 91 times from the New Revised Standard, 299 times from the New Century Edition, and 2,368 times the word Lord has been deleted from the so-called Living Bible. The word Jesus, the name of the Lord, deleted 64 times from the New American Standard Version, 2 times from the New King James, 53 times from the Revised Standard. The word God deleted 468 times from the NIV, 87 times from the New American Standard, 51 times from the New King James, 111 times from the Revised Standard, and 138 times from the New Revised Standard. The word Godhead, another word for Trinity, has been completely removed from the NIV, New American Standard. It has been removed once from the New King James, completely removed from the Revised Standard, the New Revised Standard, the New Century Edition, and the Living Bible. The name Lucifer, completely deleted from the NIV, New American Standard, Revised Standard, New Revised Standard, and the New Century Version. Devils have been replaced by demons. Now, there is a difference. Devils are always evil. Demons, if you look it up in the dictionary, they'll say that they are divinities. The New Age movement loves the demons because they are considered as uh, gods, with a lowercase g. Devils, on the other hand, are always evil. But in the New Bibles, devils disappear in place of the word demon, which is different. So, NIV removes devils 80 times, New American Standard 82 times, New King James 81 times, Revised Standard 82 times, New Revised Standard 80 times, New Century 74 times, Living Bible 87 times. The doctrine of hell comes under attack in a major way in the New Bibles. NIV deletes hell 40 times, the New American Standard 41 times, the New King James 22 times, Revised Standard 41 times, New Revised Standard 41 times, New Century Edition 39 times. Even heaven comes under attack in the New Bibles. NIV deletes heaven 160 times, New American Standard 127 times, New King James deletes heaven 50 times, Revised Standard 83 times, New Revised Standard 88 times, New Century Edition deletes heaven 186 times, and the so-called living deletes it 26 times. Damned, damnable, and damnation completely deleted from the NIV, New American Standard, New King James, Revised Standard, New Revised Standard, and the New Century Version. The blood of Christ, the blood deleted from the NIV 41 times, New American Standard 39 times, New King James 23 times, Revised Standard 26 times, New Revised Standard 46 times, New Century Edition 157 times, and the living so-called Living Bible deletes the blood 174 times. Salvation deleted from the NIV 42 times, New American Standard 4 times, New King James 2 times, Revised Standard 33 times, New Revised Standard 37 times, New Century Version 94 times, and the Living Bible 25 times. The Word of God deleted 8 times from the NIV, Two times from the New American Standard, one time from the New King James, three times from the Revised Standard, eight times from the New Revised Standard, 31 times from the New Century Edition, and 27 times from the Living. The Word of the Lord, deleted from the NIV, 25 times, New American Standard, two times, two times from the Revised Standard, three times from the New Revised Standard, 217 times from the New Century Edition, and 236 times from the Living Bible, and lastly, the Lord Jesus Christ, those three words together, deleted 24 times from the NIV, 21 times from the New American Standard, 21 times from the Revised Standard, 22 times from the New Revised Standard, 20 times from the New Century Edition, and 15 times from the Living Bible. Now, folks, this is a lot of deletion, and these have to deal with doctrine and the person of Jesus and all these things are taken out and come under attack in the new versions. I want you to also understand the New King James is listed. And they tell us that the New King James is just a modern version of the Old King James. Well, let's see if that's true. First of all, the New King James is copywritten. The Old King James is not. 
Now, if you see a copyright on your old King James Bible, it's because you have a King James Bible that either has footnotes, cross-references, concordances, maps, or other commentary in it. The commentary or the maps or those things are the things that are copywritten. The words of the King James Bible are not copywritten. When you have a copyright, you can only use about 200 words in public uh, arena without permission from the makers of that particular book. The King James Bible, you can use the entire thing without consequence. You can print the King James Bible. It's not copyrighted. The second thing is the new King James Bible contains a symbol on its cover. It looks like three ovals that are interconnected or three circles that are interconnected. And we Christians are told that this symbol represents the Trinity, but that's not the case, folks. This symbol has been around for quite some time in the New Age movement and in the occult, and this symbol represents 666. It's three sixes that are interconnected with each other. More things you need to know. It is estimated that the New King James makes over 100,000 translation changes, which comes to over 80 changes per page, about three changes per verse. And what they're doing is they're trying to make the New King James conform with the NIV, the Revised Standard, the American Standard, and the Jehovah's Witness New World Translation. The New King James also omits, deletes the word repent 44 times. Also deletes Jehovah completely from its pages. Where did Jehovah go? Well, he didn't put his name in the New King James. The New King James demotes the Lord Jesus Christ. John 1.3, the King James says all things were made by Jesus Christ, but the New King James says all things were just made through him. The word servant replaces son in Acts 3.13 and Acts 3.26. Servant replaces child in Acts 4.27 and Acts 4.30. And the word Jesus is removed from Mark 2.15, Hebrews 4.8, and Acts 7.45. This is clearly not the good old-fashioned King James. The new King James confuses people about salvation. In Hebrews 10.14, it replaces are sanctified with are being sanctified. And it replaces are saved with are being saved. In 1 Corinthians 1.18 and 2 Corinthians 2.15, the words may believe have been replaced with may continue to believe. And in 1 John 5.13, the old straight and narrow of Matthew 7.14 becomes difficult. Is it really difficult to be saved? Is it so difficult to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Why are they taking so much stuff out if they're claiming this is a modern version of the old King James? That's about it, folks. I hope you all have taken in this information. That just about does it for me. And until we meet again, this has been the Underground Christian Network.